Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you've tuned in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here, to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you tuning into the show today, and today's topic is quite an interesting one, and one that I hope a lot of people that are tuning in can gain some value from, and I want it to be able to be shared with your friends, with other people that you know that may be struggling with some of these things that I'm going to mention today, and that topic is mistakes and misconceptions that a lot of females make when starting out in the gym, whether it be with training, whether it be cardio, supplementation, or nutrition. And if I can get one thing out of today's episode, I want it to be for for girls that may tune in and listen to this. And and there'll be even some things that apply to males as well, because it's not just females. and, And one thing that I do want to mention at the start of this is that I know it isn't all females. And I'm not saying that all girls are making these mistakes, but from my experience in the health and fitness industry and a lot of feedback I get and you know when I get a new client to fill out a questionnaire these are just some of the things that consistently come up and I thought that by bringing them up in today's episode I might be able to help a few people so we may as well get stuck into them and there's eight different things that I want to go through uh, in this episode and the first one is and the first misconception that a lot of females struggle with is the fact that they're going well they think they're going to get big and bulky from lifting weights now, I've discussed this previously on the show, not specifically to females, but for people in general, that it's just not the case, guys. Um, if it was that easy, then everybody that went to the gym would just be completely jacked. Now, I understand that a lot of girls may think that by lifting weights, they're going to put on muscle and they don't want to look big. They don't want to look like a man or they don't want to look like a guy who's got, you know, huge muscles or you know they don't want to look jacked and that's fine and I completely understand that but it's just not going to happen and the sooner that you can realize that and recognize that the better because the benefits of lifting and and benefits of strength training are are so beneficial to your physique to your mental health to you know your metabolism to your bone density to your confidence levels to your stress reduction there's just so much so many beneficial sides of strength training and lifting weights and the last thing that you should be worried about is getting big and bulky. Now, when girls come to me and say that every time they lift weights, they tend to get big and bulky, the first question I always ask is how much are they eating at the time? And the answer is usually either one, they don't exactly know how much they're eating or two, that they were eating a lot because they found that they were a lot more hungry after strength training. Now, that is a good thing because that means you're expending more energy. But if you are eating a lot of food or you're not tracking your calories and your macros and you are in a calorie surplus, then yes, you will put on size, you will put on weight and you may feel like you are getting big and bulky, but that's exactly the same regardless of whether you're lifting weights or not. Now, as I mentioned, with strength training, the the benefits are huge and especially when it comes to fat loss, I think the main part of any person's program, whether it's female or male, should be strength training and it should be lifting weights. So the last thing I want, girls, is for you to be afraid of getting in the gym and and getting strong and lifting weight because it's not going to make you big and bulky, I promise you. Now, the second thing is cardio and doing excessive amounts in the hopes of losing body fat um, in the hopes of getting lean and getting that toned or defi- uh, you know, the definition look that a lot of people want. Now, firstly, when it comes to tone and definition, 
you cannot change the shape of a muscle. You can't make it more toned. You can't make it more defined. The only thing you can do with a muscle is make it bigger or smaller. And then it comes down to your overall body fat percentage. And that's what's going to give you that look of definition or give you that toned look because the less body fat you have covering that muscle, the more of that muscle shape you're going to be able to see. So, when it comes to cardio, there's no need whatsoever to be doing excessive amounts. And as I've mentioned, I would base most of any female's program around strength training and then use cardio as a tool because excessive amounts of cardio doesn't necessarily equal fat loss. In the end of the day, it comes down to energy in versus energy out and calories in versus calories out. Now, I actually did a case study about 18 months ago where I just finished a contest prep. I was extremely lean, and it had been about a month or two since I'd competed. I was doing a total of 30 minutes of cardio per week, just coming from interval training. So 30 minutes of cardio per week, the rest of it was all strength training, and I actually signed up for a half marathon. Now, as we increased our training volume for the marathon, obviously our cardio increased a lot, and by the time it got to race day, I was doing roughly let's say three hours of cardio a week. So I'd gone from 30 minutes of cardio a week total to three hours, if not more, per week. And in that time period, I actually gained two kilos. Okay, so I'm doing I'm doing six times the amount of cardio, but I'd actually gained two kilos. And the reason for that is because I purposely increased my food intake as the training went on to account for the energy that I was expending from all that running. So it just goes to show that cardio does not necessarily equal fat loss. It does come down to energy in versus energy out. And if that means that you don't want to bring your calories any lower, but you need to be expending more energy or you need to be putting yourself in a further calorie deficit, then yes, you might increase your cardio slightly to make sure that you're expending more energy. But at the start of any fat loss phase, I would recommend starting at the bare minimum of cardio predominantly basing your training around strength training, as I mentioned in number one, and then using cardio as a tool to increase your energy expenditure. But you don't have to go into the gym and sit on the cross trainer or sit on the bike or or walk on the stepper for 30 minutes, absolutely hating life because you think it's going to make you look good. Trust me when I say that squats, deadlifts, lunges, Romanian deadlifts, sprints, they're going to, that's what's going to really give you that shape that you're after, that definition, because you're going to build up the muscle mass and it's going to be a lot easier to reduce your overall body fat percentage to show that shape, to show that definition and the tone that you're probably after when you're coming into the gym. So that's number two. Number three is doing a lot of pump classes or a lot of the classes that you'll typically find at your gym like the YMCA or um, you know, I'm definitely not putting down any of these gyms, but maybe Fitness First, Good Life. I know they have a lot of classes like that. Even the gym that I, I train my clients out of has a lot of classes like pump and, and all that type of stuff. Now, I'm not saying that pump classes are bad, but when it's really not strength training, it's just circuit training. So over time, yes, you probably will get to a point where you start to feel a bit stronger and you'll definitely get better at those movements. But in a class such fast-paced using lightweight for very high reps um, under high amount of fatigue, it's not the best environment to actually get stronger, to build muscle mass and to to increase 
your strength. And by doing a, you know, a shitload of classes per week, just to feel like you've done something, you're really not using your time as efficiently as what you probably could be following a structured program and getting some real high intensity interval training in if you are wanting that cardio or that high heart rate type of training. Instead of going to a pump class and doing you know some half-assed reps for 45 minutes to an hour and just feeling like you've done something, why not go into the gym do 45 minutes of strength training to the point where you're getting stronger, you're lifting with perfect form, you're not training under complete fatigue, and then finish with 10 to 15 minutes of high-intensity interval training, leaving the gym feeling just as stuffed, if not more stuffed than what you were from the pump class, but getting far greater effects and far greater benefits than what you would from doing classes such as pump. And as I said, it's not a bad thing to do a pump class, and I'm not putting them down in any way, shape, or form, but I'm just saying if you're full training week is based around classes, then you could be making a lot more use of your time by following a more structured program in the gym and focusing on progressive overload. Number four is being afraid of eating carbohydrates. Now, carbohydrates are not the enemy and it does come down to personal preference of whether or not you like to eat a higher amount of fat or a high amount of carbohydrates or whether you like to just keep them both moderate. Either way, if you're trying to lose fat and you're eating in a calorie deficit and you're eating enough protein, it really does not matter how many carbohydrates or fats you're having or what ratio of those two you're having, as long as you're in a deficit and as long as you're reaching your protein intake. So don't be scared of carbohydrates. Far too often I see girls that are deciding to go on a diet or deciding they want to lose a bit of weight and they drastically change the way they eat. They cut out all these things that they love eating so much and the whole time it's just torture. Like they're not enjoying it at all. And, you know, the main thing on their mind is they can't wait to finish it or, you know, I'm going to completely cut this out so I can lose as much weight as I can in one week or in two weeks or, you know, I need to fit into this dress. So I'm going to, I'm just barely going to eat. I'm just going to have salads and protein and it just sucks. It's not enjoyable. It's not something that you're going to stick to and it's really, it's really not healthy. So do not be scared of carbohydrates. That is number four. Carbohydrates are not the enemy. Number five, continuing on with the theme of nutrition is being scared of supplements and in particular protein powders. Now, as a nutrition coach, I often uh, I often recommend to clients to purchase a protein powder, a whey protein isolate or hydrolyzed protein any form of protein that is going to be most effective for them. Um, let's just go with the whey protein isolate for now. There's nothing that a protein powder is doing that eating protein isn't, okay? Apart from the fact that it's a, a far more uh, convenient way to get in protein, especially throughout the day or after your workout, and it's going to get into, you know, it's going to get into your system a lot quicker, especially with an isolate. But you're not going to put on some amazing amount of muscle mass just by having a protein shake, okay? So often what I would get clients to do is to buy a protein powder and use it in smoothies. I might get them to add it to their oats just to increase their protein intake for the day because with females in particular, I find that a lot of them struggle to get in enough protein when we start working with macro ranges. So let's say, for example, I give a girl 120 grams of protein for the day typically the response I'll get in the first few weeks in particular until they get the hang of it is that they're struggling to reach that protein intake for the day once they start tracking their foods because they start to realize that a lot of the stuff they're eating wasn't actually that high 
in protein. So by using a protein supplement, it makes it far more efficient and a lot easier to get in that intake for the day without having to stuff your face with food or without having to feel sick from eating so much chicken at lunch or without falling short of whatever your protein goal is. So to eliminate that, eliminate that, uh, that the risk of not getting enough protein or eliminate, um, I guess, the displeasure of having to eat so much protein, a protein supplement is an amazing and extremely easy way to bump that protein intake up. So that's number five. Number six is lifting lightweight with high reps in the hopes of getting, again, that toned, a toned look or, or getting muscle definition or thinking that by lifting heavy weight, again, it's going to make you big and bulky. Now, lightweight with high reps is effective to an extent, but in the end of the day, we want to be progressively overloading over time. So if we're always lifting lightweight with high reps, uh, we don't want to go too heavy with our weight, then the only other way we can overload is to one, lift more do, do more reps, sorry, or two is to do more sets. So you're going to be spending an absurd amount of time getting the same result as what you could have if you were reducing your rep range. So I would recommend working, especially if your goal is to build up that lean muscle mass. So when your body fat percentage is low, you have the shape there and you get that, that look of definition and tone is to, is to be lifting between eight and 12 reps most of the time, all the way up to about 15 and sometimes 20. But there's no need to be lifting really light weights, just going for a burn. Because remember, we want to be giving the muscle a reason to change. We want to be progressively overloading over time. And it's going to be a lot harder to do that with such light weights, especially if you're not really feeling it. And that's not the point. Remember, we want to be in there to change our bodies. If it doesn't challenge you, it is not going to change you. Okay, so that's number six. There's no need to lift light weights for high reps in on every exercise every time you go to the gym. Number seven is doing cardio warm-ups, thinking that that thinking that that is going to get you ready for training um, to lift weights. Now this applies to males as well, but I thought I'd throw it in here um, because you know because everyone can take something from this point. When you go into the gym, the purpose of a warm up, the purpose of a you know a you know that the first five to ten minutes of when you get into the gym, getting ready to train, is to make sure that when you start training, your body is ready to go. It's primed, it's activated, and it's ready to go. And you do not get that from sitting on the bike for three to five minutes, or walking on an incline for three to five minutes, or going on the stepper for a few minutes. Although it will elevate your heart rate and to an extent it will warm you up and get some promote some blood flow, um, I have no issue with that. If you want to do that before your warm-up, then that's great. But a true warm-up is starting with self-myofascial release, using that foam roller, using the lacrosse ball, whatever it is to help break down areas that are really tight to improve your mobility. Then moving on to proper mobility, so mobility exercises to work through your lower back, you know, ankles, shoulders, all that type of stuff. And then finally finishing with activation. So let's say, for example, it's lower body. We want to be activating the glutes and the hamstrings so that by the time we actually start to lift and train, our body's actually ready to go. It's firing. All the spots that are firing, all the spots that we need to be firing are. And that is the purpose of a warm-up. It's not to get in there and just to kind of look at your phone, get your heart rate up a little bit and work up a little bit of a sweat and then start because the muscles that you want to work 
are not properly activated. Um, so if that's something that you typically do when you go into the gym, then I would highly recommend changing it um, and just watch your results improve. Watch the way you feel in your workout improve and also watch how you know the little niggles that you might get from training or the injuries that you may have had in the past slowly drop off. And that's a good thing, obviously. Now, lastly, the scale weights. Now, I think I may have even done a full episode on this in the past. I'm not actually too sure. But when it comes to weighing yourself on the scales, in my opinion, you have one of two options. You either, one, do not weigh yourself at all and just use progress photos. You might do body fat tests, skin folds, um, you know, waist measurements, or two, weigh yourself every single day. But the you 100% do not want to be weighing yourself one time per week. Okay, so if you're weighing yourself every day, we're, so we're taking a seven-day average. Okay, guys, so first thing in the morning, you get up, you go to the bathroom, and on an empty stomach, you weigh yourself. You write it down, you put it in your phone, you do whatever you do with it, and at the end of the week, you take an average from the seven days because that is what's going to be a lot more accurate and a lot more consistent because... For example, if I weigh myself just on a Friday morning, but this week um, on Thursday night I have dinner at 6 o'clock and I drink a heap of water, go to the bathroom a lot, wake up the next day and I'm relatively light. But then next week on Thursday night I go out for... I go out for dinner with some friends and we go out for Asian food, for example, and I have a lot of sodium um, and I might have a couple of alcoholic drinks and I wake up the next day and I'm really heavy then I'm going to feel bad about myself. I'm going to make unnecessary changes, which I don't particularly need to be making um, in terms of my nutrition and my training. But if I had taken an average that week, even though that Friday morning I might have been a little bit heavier, the rest of the week would have shown that my trend was on a downwards um, progression. Or if it wasn't, then I need to make some changes then. But if I'm just going off one reading per week, it's not going to be consistent and it's not going to be accurate because our weight can fluctuate up to three kilos, you know, above or below what our true weight actually is. So when it comes to scale weight, don't get too caught up on the numbers because I've had clients in the past who have done a full 12-week program with me and their weight has been exactly the same at the end as what it was at the start. But when you look at their progress photos or their before and afters, it is completely different. They do not look anything like what they did at the start because their muscle mass has gone up and their body fat has gone down. And that's exactly what we want. So when it comes to progress, something that I'd prefer to do is, you know, if you're doing your average weight for the week, then fine. Still don't get caught up on it. I much prefer progress photos, how you feel, how your clothes fit, and also what your waist measurement is. I find them to be far more effective and far more of a consistent and accurate indicator of how progress is tracking um, over time and that way you're going to give yourself you know you're going to feel better about yourself you're going to actually see what's working and what's not working and then it allows you to make changes if need be so girls i hope i really do hope today's podcast has helped you in some way or another even if you're on top of all this sometimes it's good to be able to hear it again it's comforting to know that there are other people out there that may be struggling as well or it's also comforting to hear these things to reassure yourself that you are doing the right thing so if you know of anyone else who could benefit from today's episode be sure to share it with them Um, if you have enjoyed this episode please do take a screenshot of this now and share it on your social media within the next 30 minutes whether that's on instagram snapchat posting the the link to the episode on your facebook whatever it may be 
I would really, really appreciate that, girls. So I'm just going to quickly run over uh, from one to eight again, just to to um, to remind you of what they were. So number one was not being scared of lifting weights. Um, you know, in the ho- in the fear of coming big and bulky because it's not going to happen. Number two is that there's no need to be doing excessive amounts of cardio if your goal is weight loss or fat loss. Number three is that there's no need to be doing excessive amounts of classes in the gym if you are wanting to lose fat or you're wanting to build muscle. Um, There are more effective ways such as following a structured program, using high-intensity interval training, uh, and there's plenty of other ways that we can change up your training to see good results. Number four uh, is... is being scared of eating carbohydrates, sorry. Uh, There's no need to be scared of eating carbs. Carbs are not the enemy. They are not bad. They are extremely good and can be extremely effective when it comes to fat loss. So do not be scared of carbohydrates. Number five is not being afraid of using supplements, in particular a protein supplement. It's not going to do anything bad. It's not going to put on a lot of muscle. It's just a convenient way to get in protein to help you reach your protein targets for the day. Number six is to not always lift with lightweight and high reps in the hopes of getting muscle definition or tone because it's not going to happen. Uh, in the end of the day, we need to be progressively overloading over time, and it's extremely hard to do that if you're always lifting light weights. Number seven is it's time to step away from cardio warm-ups. Um, as I said, it's okay to get your heart rate up and then go into a proper warm-up routine. But for me, it's just not effective to be spending you know, the first few minutes of your session just sitting on a cardio machine, rolling your legs over on the bike or just on the stepper looking through your phone when you could be really preparing your body and your mind for the training session ahead. And lastly, number eight, do not get too caught up on the scale weight. Remember, if you are using the scales, weigh yourself every morning on an empty stomach. Otherwise, don't weigh yourself at all. So guys, I hope Oh, girls, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. As I said, if you liked it, please do share it with a friend and also leave a review and give it a five-star rating. It does all help. And lastly, and most importantly, make sure you stick around for this week's social media question of the week, which is coming up next. Time for this week's social media question of the week. And that question is, how do I eliminate lower back pain when doing kettlebell swings? Now, this is such a common question and a lot of the clients that start with me in the past have had lower back pain from kettlebell swings. As soon as I walk over to that kettlebell rack and come back with it, the look on their face is almost as if to say, I'm not doing this exercise. Every time I do it, it just causes me pain and it should not be causing you pain. Now, firstly, it's important to keep in mind that with a kettlebell swing, the purpose of the exercise is to be working your hips, to be working your glutes whereas far too many people are trying to lift it with their arms and their upper body, and that's what tends to result in a sore lower back. But one of the main mistakes I see on a kettlebell swing, and if this is something that you do, even if you don't think you do do it, next time you go to the gym, use the mirror and see if you do, because if you are, this tip is going to help you um, a lot. That mistake is, is every time people are getting to the top of the swing, they're leaning back, so they're arching their lower back. So Basically, you're holding that whole weight, whatever that kettlebell weight is, through your lower back. So you think about the amount of times you're doing a kettlebell swing. If you're doing it in a circuit, you might be doing it, uh, you know, multiple sets of 
anywhere from 30 to 60 seconds. So every time you're getting to the top, you're putting an immense amount of pressure through the lower back. So what you're going to do instead, and it's a small change, but it's going to make a world of difference, is when you get to the top of a kettlebell swing, I want you to pull your belly button in towards your spine and really tuck your pelvis under. So pull your hips back, but do not lean back. Finish up nice and straight, squeezing your glutes, even if your chest is still slightly forward. The main thing we want to focus on is tucking those pelvis, the, the pelvis back, sorry, and pulling your belly button in towards your spine and squeezing your glutes. But do not lean back. So make sure you're finishing up straight, and I guarantee that's going to help alleviate any lower back pressure or pain that you're getting from doing a kettlebell swing. Um, they're, they're an extremely good exercise and very effective for getting the heart rate up and also to target the hips and the glutes and training that kind of pelvis or the neutral pelvis position and, and getting really good at that, which is going to help you with your squats, your deadlifts, your lunges, and pretty much every lower back exercise, including like your hip thrusts. Okay, so make that small change and I hope that helps. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast and I cannot wait to bring you next week's episode. Have a fantastic day, guys.